Welcome to the Quilter Circle Podcast. From piecing to quilting and everything in between, this podcast brings you tips and techniques from the experts and fun stories from quilters just like you. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Quilter Circle Podcast. I'm Ashley Huff, and today our special guest is Catherine Redford, so thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I was delighted when I got the invite, so thanks. Of of course. So to start off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, where to begin? I was born at an early age. So, <laughs> and obviously you've already heard I um, am English. I was born mm-hmm. in, in England, um, although my parentage is much more European than uh, English. I was thinking about that this morning. So uh, so we have the, bit of the German and the Dutch, you know, and the Spanish and the Scottish and the Welsh and just a little bit of English. But basically, <laughs> you know, I, I lived in England growing up, uh, brought up in the Northwest, um, went to college outside London, met my husband, lived in London for 15 years. And then we moved um, to the States uh, in Na- Naperville, Illinois in 1995. And mm-hmm. that's where we've been since. So perfect. Well, I have to ask just because what what brought you to Illinois? What how'd you pick there? Well, you know, it's not a bad place. Um, yeah, my husband. I've never been. I've never been to Illinois at all. I just I can imagine it's quite a change. You're missing out. It's snowing today. <laughs> um, yeah, my husband uh, was working for a company that had a contract with uh, a, an American company, and he mm-hmm. came over for uh, you know for some business. And basically, they offered him a job, and he came Perfect. home, and we talked about it. And so they were based in Oakbrook, and Naperville is about twelve miles from Oakbrook, and more mm-hmm. affordable. And so this is where we came. Perfect, and you've you've liked it enough to stay ever since. Well, obviously so. Or it was just <laughs> such a big move that it was just too much to think about moving anywhere else. Yeah, mm-hmm. we lived in a hotel for. Uh, 50 nights we were were in the embassy suites with four school-aged children Um, yeah they they loved happy hour in the swimming pool and Mm -hmm. then uh, then we moved into this house yeah and we we've stayed here and it'll be 25 years this Labor Day weekend that's awesome that's perfect yeah well so that's sort of how you got um to where you are now in terms of where you're living, but how did you get to where you are now in terms of your embroidery and quilting skills? Well, so where yeah. did that all start? <laughs> yeah. Well, really I've always made things, you know, I always wanted to cut up a piece of paper and, and make snowflakes, you know, mm-hmm. make a mess. But um, <laughs> my mum was a home ec teacher and her best friend was a seamstress. And so I always remember people making things and making sewing, you know, and using sewing machines. There was often a sewing machine set up on our dining room table. And Auntie Barbara always had a sewing machine on her dining room table. So, um, yeah, I wanted to join in. So I so probably since I I learned my grandma taught me to knit. So that was the first thing. I was about six. So Mm -hmm. I learned to knit then. And then I remember doing embroidery when I was about seven or eight. and then. I wanted to make dolls clothes uh, and all that good stuff. And I know that I was making clothes for me when I was yeah. 10 using a sewing machine. Oh, wow. So I don't really remember all the steps, you know, what happened. Yeah. I went, I went to a girls' school for fourth grade onwards, and we had needlework, you know, once a week, you know, like an hour and a half of needlework every week. So oh, okay. I obviously picked up a few things there but I knew when we started I know that when we started 
making clothes in our needlework lessons, which was probably the equivalent of sixth grade, I'd already used paper patterns and made clothes. So that seemed very, very easy to you at that point. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so, and, and I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed being able to make things. I always loved projects, you know, right. and, and I must have been okay. So I must have had a reasonable level of success and that always makes you feel good. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so then how do you, because to me in my head, you know, sewing and quilting are similar to me, but to me, like embroidery and quilting seem much different because one is machine and one is hand. So how do you balance the two? Do you, do you find you gravitate to one more than the other or kind of how do you combine them? Okay. Well, when I moved to the States, you know, I met quilters and I learned to quilt mm-hmm. and it was a very expensive hobby, you know, and so I had to think of it in terms of, well, we, we were only here on work permits to begin with, so we didn't mm-hmm. know how long we were staying. So I had to, to, to justify the expense because we had four children, you know, right. um, I had to think, well, if we go back to England, perhaps I can make it more than a hobby. I'll learn something new. I'd already been teaching cross-stitch and I'd had like cross-stitch designs published. So mm-hmm. maybe I could make it more than a hobby and that way it doesn't matter that I want a new sewing machine and I want to buy all this stuff. Right. Yeah. So, so I started to learn to quilt with an eye to the future. And then, then there were people that, you know, beading became popular. So there were all these bead stores everywhere and, you mm-hmm. know, everything like that. So it's just everything that I did, I thought, well, I've, I've already spent all this money. So everything I do has to go back to quilting. Mm-hmm. And so I'd, I'd really, I'd stopped doing cross-stitch because I, you know, I just had stopped doing cross-stitch, but I was still doing bits of embroidery. And I saw that you could, you know, put embroidery on your quilts. I'd, I'd started off hand quilting and decided, well, that was no good because that was too slow, you know. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I dropped the hand quilting. I'd learned to machine quilt so I could finish things. But now right. I could do hand work by, you know, putting embroidery on things. So I just decided that every time all the crafts that I did, they all had to go back to quilting. They had to be included in some way. So gotcha. it, if I learned to paint on fabric, it had to be so that I could like put it into a quilt. And, right. and I love crazy quilts. Okay, yeah. So, and of course, so crazy quilts are the original, you know, embroidered, embellished quilts. Mm-hmm. So, so I didn't see any problems with combining everything. Right. Well, so do you add, because you mentioned beading, and now I, I've definitely seen crazy quilts with beads on them as well. Do you also embellish that way? Yes. So, you know, so I teach beading on fabric, which is is very different to making jewelry. So, you know, so you can you can do like the folk type stuff where you add a few beads, you know, and and we can sew them on with pearl cotton and they're generally big beads. Or we can do like fine bead work, you know, and and do couched lines and and beautiful pico edges and, you know, some sort of fancy stuff. But really, basically, if you don't put beads on a quilt, you have to sew them on so they don't fall off. You know? Well, that was what I was going to ask too. Is so when you add, say, hours of handwork in terms of embroidery and beading, or even just one or the other, do you still use that as a, I must say, a quilt quilt, or does that become a wall quilt, art quilt, 
nobody touch it. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I, I make very few quilts for use. Okay. You know, I, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I got, you know, those four children, they grew up, they're all married. We got seven grandchildren right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, so apparently I'm supposed, grandma's supposed to make quilts for the, the baby. Yeah. So they, <laughs> they have all had something. So okay. some some you know the first one more than the last one but yeah we're yeah, trying that happens so um yeah so those those ones they don't generally have you know, they're just pieced and quilted mm-hmm. and and bound and finished um but one one daughter I did make her a quilt that was uh, boutique panels. Uh, your know, pictures and I embellished all those with embroidery and everything I used was very washable so that quilt she 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 they have 13 acres they have hens and an outdoor life you know yeah so that that quilt gets washed a lot and she does not put a lot of care into her laundry and <laughs> I just made sure that everything I used could be washed you know it won't, yeah. it won't fade and um and that's doing all right but it's just basic chain stitch on there Gotcha. Okay. In, in terms of the stitching, um, is the embroidery stitch, would you say the embroidery stitches would hold up similarly to how hand quilting would hold up? I would hope so. Yeah, Yeah. I would hope so. I mean, I, I don't worry too much. Um, when I do my embroidery, I use knots, you know, so I start Mm -hmm. with a knot and, and I actually, I finish by wrapping my uh, thread through at the end rather than Mm -hmm. putting a knot because I find that holds it better but then once it's made into a quilt as long as you add enough quilting then there's no stress on the hand stitching yeah you know so it's not being pulled so so it it should wash fine good okay yeah this is another thing I just thought of but when you are because obviously you do the quilting as well so if you are thinking about how you're going to quilt a quilt how do you quilt around the embroidery or how do you make sure that the quilting doesn't say cover up or take away from the embroidery? Well, I do it carefully. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, perfect. You know, so, um, I mean, it, it, it does depend on the purpose of the quilt, you know? So if it's, if it is a baby quilt and it's going to be washed a lot, then maybe I'll just do some all over quilting, even though the embroidery is there. But, you know, and, and often that will be, I'll use my walking foot and just use like a serpentine stitch or something. Um, mm-hmm. So you get a nice crinkle, but it's quick and easy and you've got you know lots of quilting so it washes well. But if mm-hmm. I'm going to do free motion and I want to get up close to my embroidery, I like to use the horseshoe foot for my sewing machine, which is like mm-hmm. an open toed foot. But if you yeah. use that when you've got your embroidery and your beading already in place, that horseshoe can catch underneath, right? So you've got good yeah. visibility, but it catches. So I might switch to like a circle. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I have all the feet, right? <laughs> I have all okay. of it. So, so I have the, the little circle one and you can't yeah. see as well but it's not going to catch. And right. and I'll just go up as close as the edge of the foot will allow me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been quilting a while, you know, so a lot of it is by muscle memory rather than even looking closely at what I'm doing. Right. So it doesn't yeah. matter so much that I don't have the visibility, but I'll just try and get in as close as possible, go all around the edge, um, and then... It just depends what's going on in the 
in the middle, you know. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll I'll use like a uh, a neutral, either a light, medium, or dark, depending on what's what the embroidery is. So then mm-hmm. I'll put some quilting sort of in places where it blends in just so just to so it doesn't sag you know just so it holds it together right yeah perfect well so you mentioned free motion you mentioned using your walking foot and just in in past conversations I've had with other people normally people gravitate towards one or the other they are straight line stitch in the ditch quilters or they do free motion quilting where it sounds like you do both Yes. Correct? Yes. Do you have a preference over the one? Do you find that you pick one over the other or you let the quilt decide what kind of quilting it needs? Yeah, it it really depends. There's there's a couple of things that I need to think about when I'm making a quilt. So I have to decide on its purpose, you know. Mm -hmm. So so if it's a quilt that is going to be used and I want people to pick it up and use it and not worry about it, then, you know, an all-over design is the way to go. So... Mm -hmm. And then, then I'll then I'll decide. Well, what does the quilt look like? So, I mean, I do use the walking foot a lot for that. That is my most popular class that I teach. Is the walking foot? When I started teaching machine quilting, I started with a walking foot class. So that was back in two thousand and three, right? So mm-hmm. I've been doing that a long time. And but the, you don't just have to do straight lines. And my tagline is "Get out of the ditch." I hate stitching in the ditch. It's the most, it's the hardest thing to do with the walking foot on. So why do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And the quilting, it has to make your quilt so that you can use it for the purpose to, for which it was intended. But you also want it to look prettier than when you started, right? So you right. want to yeah. add some extra design. So whether that is straight lines or whether it's curvy lines or whether it's free motion, you want it to look better. You don't want it to take away from the design. You want to maybe draw attention to the design. If you stitch in the ditch, it makes it so you can wash it, it stabilizes it, but it doesn't make it look any better, right? Right. So so I would rather stitch either side of my seam lines than stitch in the ditch, you know, because that way you Mm -hmm. draw attention to your piecing if that's what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so... So anyway, so so yeah, so right from the when I start thinking about making a quilt, I do start thinking about how I'm going to quilt it, and 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 so when I come to quilt it, I know what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. With my um, embroidered quilts, I do usually free motion the blocks that have the the embroidery in them. I find that works better because I don't want to do lots of stops and starts. Right. So right. if I free motion, you know, I can go in every direction. I can go in and out. I can go around and about. And I don't have to turn the quilt. And so it, it's actually simpler to free motion quilt it than it is to walking foot quilt it. Right. And that makes sense because you figure if you're doing the walking foot you mentioned on the seams, the seams are straight, whereas I'm guessing most of your embroidery is not straight line embroidery. No, no. Right. No, I yeah. mean, and sometimes what I've been playing with, more recently is I've been doing walking foot quilting and then adding um, embroidered embellishment so Mm -hmm. I'll put running stitch in between the lines but I'll do that after I've quilted it because then I don't have to mark the lines you know because I just (laughs) stitch between them already there so Mm -hmm. um and that then doesn't go through all the layers it just goes through the top and the batting Mm-hmm. so that way you've got a real nice um embellishment and it's it's i find that easier then to keep those stitches really even 
Mm-hmm. Whereas if you if you're trying to get through, after, I don't know whether it's because I've already got the quilting in it. I find it really difficult to go in and out and in and out through the batting and the backing and keep my stitches even. Right, because it's so lots of heavy layers. I yes. can imagine that would be more difficult. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so you know so I I'm just playing. I just combine things. I. I, I can free motion as easily as I can use the walking foot. Uh, so walking foot isn't something I do just because it's easy or anything. I mm-hmm. do it because sometimes that's what I want. That's how I want it to look. It, right. it will often look more modern. It'll look cleaner. Um, you, you'll, see the, you'll see the fabrics that you've used better. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not a big piecer. I, I don't teach piecing. I mean, I've been yeah. piecing, uh, you know, I'm home for a while. So I have been piecing, uh, uh-huh. but I still, I keep it simple. Yeah. You know, I just like well, playing with the fabrics. That's perfect. That, I like that you mentioned that you you don't necessarily like piecing that much, but obviously you do it because you make quilts. But that's one thing that um, I was I was stalking you a little bit and reading your bio on your website and everything. Um, and you encourage people to try all parts of the quilting process, whether yeah. that's piecing, that's the quilting, that's everything. So if you are someone who's listening that's that hates quilting or that hates the piecing, only likes the quilting, how do you get them to try whatever it is that they don't necessarily like? Well, start start off with something that's not difficult. So, you know, so if you if you don't really like piecing, I mean, you can make whole cloth quilts, you know, and mm-hmm. I have been doing some of that just so I could play with some uh, new walking foot ideas I had. And I've just, you know, used used a whole piece of fabric and done that. But if you want to piece, choose simple patterns, choose fabric you really like and don't cut it up really small. You know, you don't mm-hmm. just just, you know, do simple squares and rectangles, make placemats, make table runners things that you can get done and they're finished and it's not hanging over your head because you know quilting's it's it's a hobby I mm-hmm. mean it could be more than a hobby but it's not it doesn't really make sense does it to be a quilter you take perfectly good fabric and you cut it up and you sew it back together again you, mm-hmm. and and I like to work with expensive fabric I don't like the cheapy bad quality fabric so it's not right it's not cheap you can you can go to target or your favorite big box store and buy uh-huh. finished placemats finished quilts and they're going to be cheaper than if you'd made them yourself oh right? yeah so you've got yeah. to enjoy it so yeah. so there's no point having a project hanging over your head that you're not really enjoying mm-hmm. you know because i agree yeah. you know so we're not doing it like they used to do on the prairie when they, you know, cut up feed sacks and, and use scraps because they just keep warm. You know, we, right. we, we don't need that. So you've got to do the bits you enjoy. So, you know, if you enjoy buying the fabric, then you need to use it. So, you know, don't cut it up tiny. Make, make things that use big bits. Right. And if you don't really enjoy quilting, well, you can – start with small projects and see if perhaps we can change your mind you know um try some of my great walking foot ideas and you'll find that you can do all sorts of things that don't involve stitching in the ditch and as long as you know how to put the walking foot on your machine you know which is often where we need to start in class you know getting the walking foot on straight um you know it's not difficult so you might find you like it but if you don't like it you can quilt by check 
You know, mm-hmm. if you really want to make that big quilt, but just the thought of actually quilting it intimidates you. There's lots of people out there that bought long arm machines and have practiced and they really make a good job, you know, yeah. of quilting yeah. the big quilt. And I don't see any harm in keeping them in business. Well, I'm, I'm glad you say that because that is me like 99%. So I, cause that was going to be my next question is, um, you know, I, I want you to give me some of your, your, your machine quilting tips and your walking foot tips, because I am that person. Like I like buying fabric. I love cutting it up even into little pieces. And I really like the designing and piecing process, but I, I mean, I have even this past year made dozens of quilts and maybe quilted one of them. Uh, I have a very talented friend who has a long arm machine and she gets all of them. I send them right to her. So I am that person who probably is going to shy away from attempting to quilt. So uh, I'm going to be your student here for the next few minutes in your, you've taught, you know, machine quilting, you've taught it uh, with the walking foot. What would be your first few tips for me for, for getting into it? Or how do you normally start off your classes? Okay. Well, um, if you, if you want, if you're going, if you want to start learning how to quilt, I would start with small things. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, you've got your, your, your placemats, your table runners, your, maybe your baby quilts. Lots of the people I teach, it'll be at a guild and they have a thriving philanthropy group, you know, so they're making baby quilts and donation quilts, you know, lap size quilts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, start with those. You do need to baste carefully when you're, you know, using a domestic machine. So we always start with basting and, um, and people are always surprised at how many safety pins I actually use. You know, okay. I, I like to baste with safety pins, uh, good quality, you know, size one, which are actually one and an eighth inch long safety pins. And mm-hmm. uh, I use lots. And um, we start there. Lots of people mm-hmm. object, but that's what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my daughter spray bastes. Okay, so I, it's not okay. I have anything against spray basting. I'm just not very good at it. And it doesn't suit the way I quilt. So gotcha. you know, okay. that, that just that answers your question about spray basting. Okay, <laughs> but I, I don't like it. So I, I, I use the safety pins. Um, okay. So baste well. And then start with something that's not too difficult. So, you know, start with the straight lines, the width of your walking foot apart. If you want mm-hmm. to get fancy, go down the middle of those lines. If you want to get really fancy, go down the middle of those lines, and then we'll, we'll call it matchstick quilting. It's an eighth of an mm-hmm. inch apart. It looks really good, but it's really slow. And I know oh, that yeah. you have children, so, you know, they're keeping you busy. So matchstick mm-hmm. quilting maybe isn't what you want to do too much of right now. Anyway, right. You, you know, you can, you can do that. And then um, I like the serpentine stitch. So, I mean, it used to be that you had to find the running stitch on, there used to be this darning, um, what do they call it? The lingerie stitch. So it's like a running stitch and you okay. could play with it. And, and depending on what model of uh, make of machine you had, you could play with it and you'd either get this lovely uh, smooth curve serpentine stitch or you'd get the hills. Um, oh, okay. So, so you can use that. And the thing about using that stitch is that when you wash it, it crinkles. So it, it makes a cuddly quilt and you haven't had okay. to learn how to meander, right? So we do the serpentine stitch. Then you can play with things like we combine stitches. So that just means that we play with straight lines but add the just a few of our other stitches in. That, that can be a fun thing to do. And mm-hmm. then 
all those are edge-to-edge designs. But, you know, I always find that somebody wants to turn their quilt. Somebody wants to go round and round in circles or, you know, whatever they want to do. So make turning your quilt will – it makes that you can't use too big a quilt, right? You have right. So, um, but we, we do deal with that. We, we deal with nice pivot points. If you want to do pivot points, you, you do need to lock your stitch, which involves taking a stitch in place. So, mm-hmm. um, that can get fiddly. And, uh, and then my, my piece de resistance, you know, at the end mm-hmm. is, is a spiral. Okay. And, yeah. and so we'll, we'll do a spiral and that starts in the middle stitch by stitch and then moves out and, and you get a lovely uh, spiral. So it adds movement to your quilts mm-hmm. along the way. We do organic curves. They're my, my favorite at the moment is organic curves. So if you, if you look at my Instagram, you know, you'll find like at least once a week, I have to do a whole cloth quilt of organic curves because I just love doing them. Um, you know so but it really it starts small see what you like um you know if if you want to do your free motion you know don't start on the king size quilt because it's just intimidating yeah and and then and find one motif that you like doing and it doesn't have to be the meander or the stipple you know if you if you if you can free motion um flowers you know Mm -hmm. then then practice those so that you get an even stitch length you know it's all about you know use using your foot and your hands together like driving a car you know where your foot's driving the speed and your hands are uh, are pointing the car in the right direction but you know I drive stick shift so I have to listen to the engine as well so Mm -hmm. when I'm free motion quilting uh I'm listening to the the sound of the motor so I so I know how fast to move my hands you know, so you'd, practice. Do you, ha- you know, do you have a, sti- a stitch regulator on your machine or things like that? Uh, well, my machine does come with a stitch regulator, which I don't use because really, re- well, really, because I learnt before they existed. Okay. Yeah. You know, so um, so I just don't use it. I keep think, yeah, you know, every so often I think, oh, I. I know that the stitch regulator have Beninas, right? You you know that I'm a Benina mm-hmm. ambassador, so mm-hmm. have Benina. Yeah. So the stitch regulator basically adds a thousand dollars to a sewing machine, right? Right. So I've paid yeah. for it. So every so often I think, well, you should get it out and use it. At least then you could talk knowledgeably to your students, you know? Yeah. yeah. But it's like when I get in my husband's car, it's is is automatic, right? Yeah. I I go up the road and I want to put my foot down on the clutch to change gear right? yeah i i can see it would just kind of get used to one or prefer one over the other yeah yeah i mean it's, it's just i mean i think if you're if you have a you know if, if a stitch regulator in the budget or if you have a machine that has a stitch regulator and free motion quilting's always intimidated you then mm-hmm. take the classes at your dealer find out exactly how it works and and it's you know, it's a great introduction in for learning um, free motion. Okay. But like on an automatic car, you are sort of slightly bound by its limits. There's only so much it can do. You know, right. you, it can't go faster. You can't go faster than the, the, the fabric reader or however it works on your regulator is working. You know, it'll beep at you. 
right? Gotcha. So, I mean, I I have a little car and it's six shift and I can downshift and zip past a car or a big truck probably, you know, on the highway, you know, if mm-hmm. I want to. Whereas right. when I'm driving automatic, I don't feel like I have that control. Gotcha. That makes sense. I just, I asked that just because as somebody who doesn't really do much of either of the quilting, learn, jumping into free motion quilting, that's something that would make it seem like, okay, here's something that would help me just a yeah. little bit. That might be more enticing to get me to do yeah, it. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 No, okay. I mean, and, and so, you know, especially, you know, I, when I teach at the guilds, your know, people bring all their different machines and if they have stitch regulators that absolutely, um, you know, use it. Well, I don't mm-hmm. believe in making life difficult for yourself. Yeah, I 100% agree. You know, it, yes. it's, it's hard enough anyway. So, you know, if we've got something that makes it easier and, and you like it, oh, go for it, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, perfect. Well, so we've mentioned a couple of times that obviously you, you teach and you teach at guilds and you teach classes, um, but you also have books out as well. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the books you have out and okay. maybe some things that are coming in the future? Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. so um, uh, a, a few years ago, um, you know, I was, I was teaching my local store and, and life changed. The, the store closed, so the owner retired and, and I had lots of wonderful opportunities. And and back in those days, I, I got in, 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 invited on, on Quilting Arts TV. And, and through that, I got to make some DVDs um, mm-hmm. with Quilting Arts. And then through that, I got asked to write a book on, mm-hmm. on machine quilting. So and so I wrote my book called Modern Machine Quilting. It came out 2017. So that's mm-hmm. a long time ago now. So um so Modern Machine Quilting, it came out under the Fonz and Porter imprint, which was F and W. So yeah. of course F and W don't exist anymore. So now it's actually published by Penguin Random House, is the people in charge now. But anyway, yeah. it's it's still out there, Modern Machine Quilting, and it has all what I put in my classes, right? So, so there's introductions to, you know, fabric and needles and threads and batting and, and all that good stuff, getting mm-hmm. set up for quilting, uh, choosing your sewing machine, all, all the stuff. And, and then it has a section on walking foot quilting. And then it has a section on free motion quilting. Then, um, it has a gallery because people always ask me, well, how do you quilt your quilts? Yeah. That's such a hard question because I've lived with the quilt while I've been making it, right? Mm-hmm. So you bring me a quilt that you've been living with. I've never seen it before. It's such a hard question. But, you know, I my first question is always, well, what would you like to do? Right? That's that's. Right. While I think, I let people talk about what they were thinking, right? And so there's a gallery where it shows quilts I've made and how I quilted them. And hopefully that will just inspire people to get some ideas like, oh, I like that bit or I don't like that bit. And then it's got four patterns at the back, which is, you know, basically uh, placemats, a wall hanging, a um, small quilt, and then a 72-inch square quilt. So you get all that in the book. And that's mm-hmm. modern machine quilting, and or I like to call it quilting on your modern machine, right? Oh, okay. Because yeah. because when people ask me what sort of quilter I am, I'm I'm not a modern quilter, but I do enjoy exploring the modern aesthetic, right? So mm-hmm. the book has a modern quilt feel, but it's really quilting for everybody, right? Right. So okay. anyway, so that's that. So that came out 2017, and and it's on its third print, right? So it's doing all right. It's translated into German. If oh, wow. okay. you can read German, I have no idea if it's a good translation. I have a couple of copies of it, but you know, 
I, I have no idea if it was a good translation. I hope it was. Uh, so then, um, of course, F and W, they, they folded. And um, so they, they weren't really, you know, doing new books. So I have, an, I have, do have, I, last summer I worked on a new book and it's with C&T Publishing. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they came to me because they'd seen what I was, was up to with my embroidery. And so it's, it's a, you know, we, we've leapt from machine quilting to hand embroidery. So, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it's available for pre-order right now, you know, on Amazon and all those good places. So it's called Butterfly Stitches. And mm-hmm. what it is, is 12 uh, butterfly and other flying creatures. Because, you know, a lace wing and a dragonfly, they are not butterflies. Um so there's there's 12 flying insects mm-hmm. and what I've done is I've done designs so that you can embroider them and mm-hmm. then also I've got the designs so that you could make a wool applique version of each one so it's got okay. the design it's got the cutting instructions the layout mm-hmm. and then it's got how I transfer my designs how I use my designs um how I do the whip stitch for my um will applicate so so more of the how-to but and then it has a few embroidery tips right Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have all the embroidery stitches because there's so many um things out there you know yeah you you can find embroidery stitches everywhere so what Mm -hmm. we did was we we've done quite a, a, a reasonably priced book that concentrates on the designs um without having you know how to do buttonhole stitch but there again it shows you how i've used the buttonhole stitch because i don't necessarily use it you know in the traditional way i was taught in fourth grade right, right. so so you can see how i i use it and there's 20 i use 25 embroidery stitches mm-hmm. uh, for my designs and then we've got a little gallery of um a few quilts that i made using the designs uh quilt my friend made using the designs some pillows um children's aprons you know things like that so but they are for inspiration I was just gonna say I love when when books and and other things that provide you with the inspiration photo because maybe you don't want to make the exact whatever it is that you made but then you see that used on other projects you're like oh that one is perfect for me so I love that yeah well Mm -hmm. even with the designs you've got the outline but really, I don't, I don't, I'm hoping, you know, that people won't copy what I did. Yes, we've yeah. said which stitch I've used where, but that's not really the idea that I see everybody with exactly the same color, the same embroidery stitches. You know, you've got the outline, right. make it your own. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, so, you know, and, and I like a, I, I like to call it sort of a more folk art style. So, mm-hmm. you know, folk art is um, art by the people. It's mm-hmm. art by people who don't have a formal training as such. So, mm-hmm. you know, and you come to my class, we are not formal. <laughs> Very relaxed. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm hoping there's chatter and laughing going on in the classroom, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, so it's, it's, more, it's more a folk art style, so you don't have to worry too much. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I like the hand dyed thread. So, 
you know, I use beautiful hand-dyed threads for my work and, and they do a lot of the work that I use a, a fair trade product. Uh, it's actually dyed in uh, a small place in South Africa. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, so so I use those and, and, and those do a lot of the work for me. So when my students are embroidering and they, they use those, they just love that, you know, just using those colors and things, they, they, yeah. You know, they they work well. They look good. You you get a good okay. a good uh, finished result. You can be proud of. You know. Perfect. Yes, I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so of course you said it's available for pre order now. Um, we will have uh, a little bio on you with links to your website and pages. So if anyone is listening, they'll be able to see exactly where to go to get that book. Correct? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Well, so. Obviously, we've kind of come full circle and how you got started into sewing, quilting, embroidery, how you're using it now, how you're teaching it. Um, but if you had, say, one one of your favorite tips or the best tip, whether it's for sewing, quilting, or embroidery that you learned that you would want to pass on to someone else, what would that be? Oh, dear. Now that is a good one. My favorite tip. Well, my uh, my fourth grade teacher... Okay, Mm -hmm. she taught me two things. She taught me um, that there's no such word as can't. Well, I'm not too sure about that one. But, (laughs) you know, but the other one she she taught me was good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better best. And um, I did some research and apparently that was St. Jerome in the fourth century. So it's been around a long time. But what she taught us was, you know, um, that... You just need to keep practicing. And we're not talking about being like better than you know, the girl sitting next to you. We're not right. talking maybe about being the best in the class, but we're just talking about working on things that we can do the best we can do, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so, yeah, practice. Practice doesn't lead to perfection, okay? But practice always leads to improvement. Right. Right. So, right. you know. I, I have, you know, I've been sewing a long time now, you know, I'm not mm-hmm. spring chicken anymore. So, um, but you know, I still, I'm, I'm, you know, like I've said, I'm home right now, not by mm-hmm. choice, but right. even I'm, I'm, so I'm making a lot of things and I'm still improving. Oh yeah. And, and I think that's the thing is don't worry about what you're doing right now. Just keep doing it. And, and when you keep doing it, you're going to get better. Don't rip it out. You know, don't hoard your quilt tops until you're a better machine quilter. Mm-hmm. Quilt them now. Because if you don't quilt them now, then when you make that amazing quilt top in five years' time, you'll mm-hmm. be able to put amazing machine quilting on it. Because you've been quilting for five years too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. so so just just you know, enjoy it. When when you when you enjoy it, it shows. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, yeah, there's something about the creative process that that just does us all good, you know. Yeah. And, yep. and so just just keep at it, keep practicing, and you you will get better. And uh, I don't know when I'll do my best, but you know, <laughs> I am I'm I'm definitely um, yeah, I'm still I'm still improving with practice. I'm still learning new things. Take mm-hmm. take classes, you know, read books, go to shows, read magazines. Yeah. Yeah, when mm-hmm. when we can go to shows, we will go to shows, won't we? Exactly. Eventually, we will get back to that. Yes, I yes, love it. We will. Well, 
and and uh, we will all enjoy uh, watching you continue to get better too, and see all of your work as you keep posting things on on social media and in your classes and all of that too. So yeah, um, I can't wait to see what else you do in the future. Well, thanks, um, but I Ashley. Thank you, of course. But I want to yeah. thank you so much for being here uh, to chat with me today. Well, thank you. Thanks. It's been fun talking. I don't get a lot of uh, people to talk to right now. So thank you. A a lot of us are, yeah, still kind of stuck in our houses for a while. So hopefully um, we also provided some entertainment and some enjoyment and maybe somebody listening learned something new um, and is wanting to try something new now because of this. So uh, thank you again. And I'm sure we'll have you back on here later even to talk about um, your new book once it is out and, and maybe what you're doing then. Well, that'd be great. Thanks ever so much. 